going to talk a bit about data surrounding COVID-19. And as you know, there's been a big push on the provincial government and the chief medical officer of health to provide data that has informed her decisions. And um, it hasn't been forthcoming yet to this point. She said that she will put it together and she will um, make it public so people can see, okay, this is what these decisions are being based on. Um, That request for data was received and they said they would offer it. And to this point, we haven't seen it yet. She says they have to work on it and massage it a bit to sort of get it into a, a digestible format or whatever the case may be. But sooner or later, we're expecting to get that. There's another request Uh, that was made for data surrounding COVID-19. This one's a little more specific, though. This one uh, deals with race-based data. And as you know, um, when you take a look at the way that COVID has affected different populations in our country and in the United States and things like that, we know that um, some minority communities have been disproportionately affected by COVID-19. So um, there are groups that work with these communities that would like access to the data surrounding that to uh, get a better understanding of exactly what's going on. They made a request for that and so far haven't received the data as far as I know. So let's get some details on where that process stands. We're going to chat now with Omar Yakub, who is Executive Director of the Islamic Family and Social Services Association. Uh, Omar, thank you for joining us this morning. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. So why don't we just start with the request that you made. What kind of information are you looking for um, from the province? The the request was more than a year ago. And at the time when we sent the request, we were told that data would be forthcoming within two weeks. It's now more than a year later. The data we're looking for is is voluntary data that was submitted by Albertans pertaining to race and identity. And why that data is important is it helps us make better decisions. You know, together with the Africa Center of Multicultural Health Brokers, we've been looking at how do we address COVID resistance by highly targeting messaging. And it's hard to highly target the messaging if you don't know which groups are the most affected. Makes perfect sense. And, and as you say, you've um, there's a number of different groups, um, you know, that have signed on to this from a wide spectrum mm-hmm. of marginalized communities. It's, uh, it's right across the board. Um, where, what was the initial response when you made the request? Was there, was there an offer to eventually provide that information, or how has it been received to this point? There was a very positive response initially from the Chief Medical Officer of Health, uh, and the, the response was data would be coming. And so you know, we, we, take the, uh, we take the Chief Medical Officer uh, at their word that there's good intent, but thus far it's also been a year, right? And so right. We, we need to move things. You know, just given the nature of COVID, there is an urgency and there is a need for us to be uh, to be more specific, to be more focused with our efforts, and that's not possible without data. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. 
With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Um, just tell us where you see this data being useful. I know we touched on it briefly, but let's oh. expand a bit in terms of, because we know that marginalized communities have been um, hit harder than others. Um, just what do you think this data, what are you hoping to be able to learn once you have access to this information? You know, it's, it's, it's really interesting when we've done some of our research. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, we did a survey with the Edmonton Social Planning Council. We interviewed over 100 different people from four different language groups. And we learned a ton of really interesting things from our own small research study, right? Which, um, you know, what were the, the media habits of people? Where were they consuming information from? Uh, what was their uh, trust in government? What were their biggest concerns, right? One of the interesting things that came out of the study we did was uh, people who had experienced food insecurity in the last year were actually more worried about isolation and anxiety than they were about income, right? That's one insight that really helped us refocus our organization on the, the challenge that was at hand. Some of the insights that we're hoping from, it's, it's hard to... Uh, hard to anticipate them without seeing the data, but the the immediate stuff is, you know, which which age group uh, do we need to focus on? Uh, right. Which communities and which neighborhoods uh, are reporting the most resistance, or need the most supports, or are the most isolated? Um, that sort of data allows us to to be more concentrated and more effective with our efforts. And I know there's also been some carryover into the vaccination efforts, right? That That's another mm-hmm. discussion in terms of um, what's the information around uh, vaccinations and is there misinformation or is there hesitancy among some groups? So the data also would help inform some actions around that, right? Well, very much so. And, you know, if you know a particular language group is more impacted than others, then what you can do is you can start to uh, study the, the social media in that language group and start to design messaging that's that's in response to what they're hearing. Um, obviously, it's been a year, so I imagine you're not all that optimistic you're going to see it anytime soon. Has there been any... Um, rea- like, Are you in contact with the Chief Medical Officer of Health? Is is this an ongoing discussion, or was the request made, and yeah, okay, we can get you that and, and that, and that's where it ended? Where does it stand right now? So we're still waiting for data, and I think it's important not to not to think that this is a one and done, right? We don't just need data pertaining to COVID, but there's a there's a broader need for race and identity based data across the board. Now, uh, for instance, in foster care, right? We don't know the spiritual preferences of children brought into care. In other areas of health, it's really important to know what what people care about, right? Race and identity are major concerns in health. And, you know, it, it can manifest itself in very small ways, like having appropriate food for people, to how different groups might be treated by, by hospital staff. And if we don't acknowledge that, um, we risk allowing uh, fissures to fester, right? Right. For things yeah. to get worse for people. Yeah. And the marginalization increases. Mm-hmm. Omar, interesting. Uh, keep us updated. Let us know where this request ends up, and we'll continue to follow up with you. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks very much. That is Omar Yakub, who is Executive Director of the Islamic Family and Social Services Association.